Welcome to the Fantasy Football Profit Podcast, hosted by Craig Phillips and Jeff Torrey. Visit us at FantasyFootballProfit.com. And now your hosts, Craig and Jeff. Welcome everyone to the Fantasy Football Profit Podcast. I'm Craig Phillips, joined as always by Jeff Torrey. Today we're going to do a little auction draft talk, go over our auction draft we just had over the past weekend, the one we what talked about forever and our big league with the give an idea of how that went. Not necessarily our teams, necessarily. we're just going to talk again about stuff we noticed, different things, because every auction is just crazy. You never know what to expect. You probably didn't expect to spend $51 on Des Bryant. No, I did not. But there's a, that's, that's nothing compared to some of the value, some of the things we saw in that draft. We'll talk about all those, because it's, man, some of these just are crazy, what happens to some of these drafts, so... You just have to be prepared any auction you go into. So we'll go over some of that in a minute here. But make sure you check us out on Twitter at the FF Profit. On Instagram, we're Fantasy Football Profit. The website's fantasyfootballprofit.com. You can always send us an email at fantasyfootballprofit at gmail.com. Once again, check out the FanUp app where you can put all of your teams into one spot and manage all these teams you have. Because I think a lot of people are probably, maybe not as crazy as I am with how many teams they have, but everyone has more than one team. So the FanUp app lets you put all your teams into the app. You can watch all your scores on Sundays, get all your player news, all the injury news. You'll get all your alerts right there so you know what's going on with all your teams. It's really good to, you know, just a good spot so you don't have to, especially if you're in multiple leagues with multiple formats. It's very easy to put them all in there and you know what's going on all the time. So make sure you check that out. They're on Apple Store, Android, all of that stuff. All right, let's get into this, Jeff. Auction draft. What's your biggest takeaway from the auction we did this week? And any new, I mean, we've been doing this for a lot of years, but I feel like we learn something every time. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like as our league matures and we do it more and more, I feel like all the teams coming out of the draft are usually a little closer. Yep. Um, and I think this is no exception. Um, I mean, this is a keeper draft. So the big thing about that is you realize that if you wanted a guy in the high tier that wasn't kept, you had to pay for him. Yep. And that was the big one. So basically, you're not stealing any guy that is in the no. top 20 even. Um, and that was that was pretty incredible. I, th- I think that was the biggest swing from any other prior years. And and Craig, you know, hit on it when Des Bryant was pretty much the only... He was it. Yeah, the only top 10 wide receiver left on the board. And I ended up in a bidding war with someone, and I had to pay 51 for him. Yep. But I was in desperate need because if it wasn't him, I would have ended up with... You know, a lot of mid-tier guys, which isn't the end of the world, but um, it was more important to get that guy I can count on than, you know, the rest of them. And I, I filled out with that, so I have a very healthy uh, roster, but it did, you know, make sure that I didn't get someone else like uh, Demarius Thomas that I would have liked to pick up as well. Yeah, and this, I mean, it showed me, this really showed me, keeper leagues are different. When you have the keepers, it changes the value slightly, but there's still, this showed me that if you go into a draft with a set value on a player, oh, I'm going to spend... $40, and that's all I'm going on this guy. You're probably not going to get a lot of guys. Because almost all your players, if you like somebody a lot, I bet you there's at least one or two other guys that like them just as much, and they're willing to go just as high as you will, and they might outbid you. This happened numerous times for me in this draft, where wait to the point where I was going 10, 15 above what I came into the draft thinking I would ever spend on a guy. And then I still didn't even get him. That's, it's just crazy, because this is why you tier your players. Like, the auction really shows that. This is why you put your players into tiers, and you know exactly when a tier is going to end. Because what ended up happening was, 
let's say, okay, the top running back out there was McCoy. That based off keepers, he went for seventy-two, which up there a little bit, you know, got a little too rich for me. I would have stayed in the sixties, but you know that got a little much. But then you go, the next best guy is Leonard Fournette, which is crazy, but he was. So I'm sitting there thinking, I need a running back. You've got to look at your teams too when you do this, and just know, okay, I got that. I need to get a certain guy at a top tier because running back's so weak. And then a keeper, bet to the top guys are kept. I just spent $60 on Leonard Fournette. Not my plan going in. Coming in, I maybe value him at 40, maybe 45 in this draft. I spent 60. And I did it. And I didn't feel good about it, but you need to get if that's that's how my tier worked, that's where my player was. I thought he was that much better than the next guys. Sometimes you just gotta spend it and go for it. Because even the next rookies, there wasn't that much other value. Joe Mixon, $44 crazy right yeah all running backs went for a premium and you know it once again lends to the fact that running back was scarce and they're going to go for a lot so make sure you get them early in snake drafts and auction you're going to have to pay for them but see there is some value to be seen maybe a running back but it's in the guys that are not very exciting these middle tier guys if you like some of these guys that's where you can load up because in our draft and i've seen this a couple we've done two drafts like this basically same settings amir abdul went for 13 bucks that's not much. I think that could be a steal. Paul Perkins went for 11. That's, you know, I think a pretty good price. If I, w- I would say that's a pretty solid price. Even, uh, let's say, Spencer Ware went for 18. That's getting a little much, maybe. Adrian Peterson only went for 11. That's not bad. So there's a lot of guys in that range. Robert Kelly for 10. So if there's these middle-tier guys that you might like, that might be where you can stock up at because anybody with potential – it's just going for too much. McCaffrey went for 28. Dalvin Cook went for 24. Doug Martin, with three-game suspension, went for 21. C.J. Anderson, Jeff. <laughs> so me and Craig finally started overlapping after we've done enough of these yes. together. And also, this was the first draft. Um, we assumed that the rest of our league had, was, was unaware of our podcast. We had shared it with a few of them just to get feedback. But most of them, we wanted to keep them in the dark so we could kind of have our own strategy. And we found out they've been listening for months, so they knew exactly who we were going after. And they kept bidding us up and, and making it difficult. Um, but me and Craig, we hit C.J. Anderson, who was the last guy yeah. of a tier yeah, once tier. again. And we we both realized, we looked at each other and we're like, after him is a significant drop-off. We you know believe in him to a certain extent. And we had money left, and we overpaid for him. We bid each other up. Um, and what did you end up getting him for? $28. So $28, $28 for C.J. Anderson. Was, there was nobody left after no. him. It was him or the, ne- the next guy. There was maybe two other guys. It was Eddie Lacy and it was Doug Martin. And mm-hmm. Doug Martin suspended. That was the other guy, but th- that was it. Those were the only two guys that were going to be even, to me, even slightly comparable talent-wise left. And one thing I was looking at that could be a decent option, if, if you're looking at a draft like that, is the Eddie Lacy-Thomas Rawls option. So I think at this point, I've been so big on Eddie Lacy, but it's starting to become very clear to me that if you get Eddie Lacy, you need Thomas Rawls. I, I, I really think you need it. I think you need to get both. In this draft, Lacy went for 11. Rawls went for 5. That's not bad. No. To get a running back pretty much set, running back one, not running back one, not <laughs> rankings-wise, but a starting running back, spend $16 and get those two. I think that's a good value. It didn't work that way. The people didn't get they, – did, they didn't end up on the same team, but – I think that could be a solid option. 
You know, Lacey's going cheap in these drafts. If you like him, you can get him. There's a lot of guys. Even Terrence West, he goes really cheap if you like him. I don't like him, but he goes for seven bucks. Isaiah Crowell, $47 in our draft. And went for 30-something, mid-30s in our other draft. Okay, I don't know about this. Like, I just could go a little Crowell thing here. I think that's over. But I don't, I'm not recommending spending that on Isaiah Crowell. Because, I, I, actually, I don't understand where the hype's coming from. I'm trying to figure this out now. Why is Crowell going for that much? Well, I, he uh, didn't have a great end of last season. He plays for a terrible team with a possible rookie quarterback. If, and if it's not the rookie quarterback starting, it's Brock Osweiler. They're not going to be good. Why is Crowell going at this much money? I, I, once again, I think it's just because of There's their no lack of depth. That's crazy. I mean, right? Crowell is by far the you know the best runner on that team. It, yep. Everyone gets hyped up on Duke Johnson every year. Um, I'm not a huge proponent of his. I think he'll definitely catch some out of the backfield, third down back kind of thing. I think Crowell's job, without a doubt, um, I think they'll give him enough carries. But, yeah, there's a there's definitely things to worry about. But also, I mean, how many places can you go and you're saying, hey, this is the guy, sure. we're going to give him the ball, he's going to run it. Um, will they – probably will the Browns be bad? Probably. <laughs> that is almost a, a guaranteed thing. I don't think they're going to be that great. I think a 500 season would be – I don't think they have any shot at it. So are they going to be behind in games and that's going to hurt his carry load? Yes. But at the same time, you know, in this type of uh, situation when a bunch of guys are kept, he is, you know, he's probably a top five back that was left. And that's why you have to overpay for people like that because otherwise, you know, you drop down and, I mean, Doug Martin missing that still Mm -hmm. went for 21, half his value. So it is. It's more about the the scarcity and and yep. how hard it is to get a position. But in a in a full redraft keeper league, yes, you, the values these aren't going to be as crazy, and you can get better value. So there's just that to know about. But still, don't hesitate to go up high on bidding like David Johnson and Bell. Don't I wouldn't hesitate at all to spend that much. So I don't know. I think that's the main takeaway: is don't come into a draft with a set value and you can't go over it. It has to change. It, other things will change. You might go into a thing like I don't want this player. You know. I don't want to spend on tight end, which I did not. I plan on getting a tight end for a dollar, maybe two dollars. I bought, I got Travis Kelsey for eleven dollars, which I thought was good value. So that middle of the draft, it basically switches up what I'm doing. Yeah. So don't go into a draft completely set in your ways. I can't do this, can't do this, because there will you might see good values come in there sometimes, and it might be a steal. Who knows? You know. So just kind of don't be so set and stuff. Like you need to do this, you need to do that, because I think what happens if you do that. Player after player after player is going to go for too high. And all of a sudden, you're going to be sitting there with maybe one player on your team. And you realize, oh, wait, no one's left. Yep. They all went too high, but there's nothing left. You yeah. can see, oh, you get all the money in the world, and you can, get the, you, get a, you can go get all these middle tier guys. You can get Randall Cobb on your team, and you can spend $28 on C.J. Anderson. So. Yeah, and I don't, think, um, I don't think it's stressed enough as well that it, it is actually important when people get um, – uh, you know, brought up when they actually get yeah. nominated. I, I think that's a hugely beneficial thing to actually test out before you go into something like this. A lot of people want to wait, right? They have, oh, this guy, I want to wait, get as much money off the board. First of all, the top guys are going to be nominated in the first half anyway. Everyone's going to get a fair shot at them. They're not going to be forgotten about. So you might as well not even worry about that. Um, yeah, You know, I don't want him to necessarily be the first guy out there. But you might as well throw a guy out you know you absolutely want to get and find out if you're going to get him and how much you spend on him. Because if you really, really like him, if it's a David Johnson and you're like, oh, I can get him for 65 and all of a sudden it's up at 75, 
um, you know, at least you know that. So you can either say, hey, I'm going to cut my you know, loss and I have that money now I know I can spend elsewhere. Or, you know, I'm going to keep going and know what? I'll just knock off a few guys that I thought was going to be on my bench. Um, so it, it gives you the ability to really figure out what you're going to do with your team. If you waited on someone like that and he went later and you were saving all that money for it and you still lost him, all of a sudden you're sitting there and you just have no one to go after and you have to end up overspending for, you know, C.J. Anderson, which I think will be fine. I would still rather have him than the guys I ended up with. I, I wish I would have went a little farther on that. Yep. But, um, you know, th- that's that's the risk-reward of that situation. So I would say if you want someone, go after him early and find out mm-hmm. if you're going to get him. That's what I love so much about auction drafts, though, is it's so much different every draft. Nothing's the same. And the snake, you kind of know what's going to happen every time. I'm, I, Yeah, snake drafts are easier to do. Like I did a snake draft in one of the listener leagues. It took less than an hour. Auction does take a little longer. So I think that's a lot of hesitation people have on switching to an auction draft in their leagues. I still I recommend it. Switch to an auction. I think it's just that much more fun. I mean, it's just so you're, – you're in every pick, you know – it's just everybody. It's just so much more exciting. I feel like, and especially in a live draft setting, auction, a snake draft. You just make a pick. You go to the next guy. Okay, an auction. It's like bidding wars. People get excited about yeah. it. That's I. I would recommend anybody listening to this. If you just normally doing your snake drafts, I think make, have your league switch to an auction. Yes, I know people will be hesitant. Don't know what it is. Don't know how to do it. None of us knew what auction. We never did auction drafts really when we started it. Some did. Some didn't. It, it's pretty easy once you get going. It just makes life so much better. You can get you have a chance at every single player in the league. Makes it a lot more fun, I think. I think the best rise to the top, really, sometimes in those, you know, whoever has the best strategy, not all the time. Sometimes you really hurt, but Yeah, and I, I do. I think you're right. I think the fact that you can go many different strategies and in, in Snake you're really stuck and, and that's the thing I really, really dislike about Snake, is there might be a player and you know, you get your pick you know, an hour before the draft is about to begin, and you realize I'm not going to have any shot at him. Or, like, I would have to reach and grab him, and it would put me at a disadvantage later on. Um, this way, hey, if, if I really just love three players and I don't care who else is on my team, I can make that happen. Yeah. If I really don't believe in any of the top guys, I want to hoard all that money and use it on all these mid-tier guys thinking that a bunch are going to blow up, I can try that out. Yeah. You can try so many different things out, and it's so much more fun for me. And I, th- I think, uh, you know, the, the atmosphere as well. Because you're not waiting around and hoping that the guy doesn't go right before you pick. That's yeah, the, about just, the most exciting part of that. This one is literally like, how much is this guy going to fo- go for? You're looking at the next guy and you're like, oh my gosh, he doesn't have any running backs yet. He's going to go for, say, Fournette. He's coming up soon. He's the last guy in the tier. Oh man, I'm going to have to overpay for him. It, there's so much more strategy, and especially on the fly, that I, I think is it's another level of fantasy football. Yep. Um, that it, it really is. It just makes it much more of a... <laughs> Much more of a, like a combat sport than um, just thinking through and taking your time picking out of yep. whoever's left. I agree. I think that's gonna be it for the little auction draft thing because it's there's no, it's it's that's what it is. It's everything's different. It's hard to really pin down a strategy. I think it changes. You just gotta know players you like and just yeah. much more on the fly. Yeah, it is. But at least have maybe come in with a couple different ideas. If this happens, I'm gonna do this. If this happens, it, it can change. So yeah, just, well, actually, before we yeah. go off that, who is a, who do you think is a couple of guys that you got for really undervalue that you weren't sure about? And who do you, is there any guy that you thought you overpaid for? I mean, obviously, C.J. Anderson I overpaid for. Fournette, I definitely probably overpaid for in, in the general. If you really look at it from a sixty bucks, sounds a lot, but in in the context of our draft in running backs, I don't know if it's it's an overpay, but it's not crazy. Yeah, you know what I mean. I, Travis Kelsey for 11 bucks is, I think, a good value. Brandon Marshall, even at 10, 
which, if he's not injured, um, right? I think for me, I have Beckham. It was nice to get Marshall as well for that spot. For ten dollars, you're not really doing. It's not overvalued. It's not undervalued. It's just kind of there. Randall Cobb, I got for nine. Maybe there's something there. I'm trying to think about that. Other than that, there's really not like one thing I did switch up. I've talked about don't get tight end, don't get don't get a backup tight end, don't get a backup quarterback. But that's typically in a normal snake draft. There's much more you can the player, it's different. Your end of the bench is probably gonna be the same every time. You can get load up on more players. The way this one went, since I spent big on running backs, I didn't have as much money left to spend at the end, so I had to go cheap, and all these other good players are off the board. So I ended up getting Stafford and Martellus Bennett, basically because I thought they were the absolute best talents out there, and I'd get them for nothing. That's so, so maybe something like that switches up your strategy. I think those are good values. Other than that, there's not a lot. I mean, nothing I'm really excited about because I think I got a, got a lot of guys that value. It's just hard with the way the keepers work to really. Yeah. And Sammy Watkins, got him for 25. If he was still with the Bills, I would have liked that. It's not as much, I don't like it as much, but still, I think that's just, you pay for, you pay for guys that are good with some even more upside in these kind of drafts and. There's nobody. Kelsey's my best value by far, but yeah, I think Kelsey might be one of the the better gets in the draft. I think yep. he went for just a great price. I mean, and just to hit home about the running back situation, yep. um, Ezekiel Elliott went for fifty one. 50, yeah, that's right, fifty one, and, and he's going to yeah. miss six yeah. games. He's still going to go for a lot in everybody's draft, and I've seen him in every draft I've been in. He doesn't he he doesn't last past mid second round. He's not going further down than that. So yeah, and just to finish it off, shout out to Pittsburgh where we were. Yeah, really cool city. We were downtown with a, a bunch of our, our our buddies, and it was uh, really really fun. Yep. So if you can do a live draft, even better. If you can travel like like we do every year, just to catch up with everyone, um, ton yep. of fun. So way better if you have any Pittsburgh listeners out there. You have a really cool cool yep. town. And just convince your leagues to switch to auction. That is my advice of the day. You will enjoy it much more. Who cares if it takes a little bit more time? I think that's great. I want yeah. my draft to last. The draft's almost the best part of the season. <laughs> you know what it I mean? Is, like, it's what we always enjoy the it's most. It's like, why do you want your draft to be over so quickly? You know? Make it an event. Don't just, yeah, just switch to an auction. Convince them. Tell them it's all better. Tell them, tell them to talk to us. We'll tell them. We'll talk to you guys. <laughs>